You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Welcome back to Ashburton. We're uh, about ready to start now. It's political commentary. With Rod Oram this morning. Kia ora, Rod. How are you? You're a Rachel, very well, thank you. It's nice to have you on the show. Plenty going on in Auckland, plenty going on around the country. Let's start with the pro- the proposed budget from Auckland Council. It's looking pretty bleak for a lot of people, uh, particularly community groups, the arts sector. Uh, I mean, honestly, the list is, is extensive. What's your, I guess, main uh, takeaway from what we've seen and of course it's open for consultation at the moment what are your thoughts about what we could see come out of a consultation process um the cuts are significant uh, the council is looking for about 300 million dollars of um, cuts uh, per year now the budget is about five billion in terms of revenue and expenditure and it has to balance that so roughly speaking uh, it has to come up with a zero bottom line um, so roughly speaking, it's 300 out of um, two and a half billion, uh, which is a fair chunk. And um, indeed, it's um, agencies that Wayne Brown, uh, the new mayor, considers um, peripheral or no great value uh, that have been targeted the most. So the biggest impact is on Tataki Auckland Unlimited, which um, does a whole bunch of um, uh, major events work, but crucially economic development programs. Um, and then also runs facilities such as Auckland Zoo and art Mm. galleries and everything else. Um, That's one of my concerns, not just about the cultural and amenities side of it, um, but the absolute gutting of the tourism and economic development programs because every city, large and small, but particularly big cities Mm. competing internationally, that economic development program is incredibly important to be reaching out to investors and others. And by all accounts, um, that program, along with the tourism one, uh, will be decimated um, by uh, cuts of that size. Um, Elsewhere, uh, there's a sort of a wide range of smaller cuts. And, um, of course, one of the more controversial things is whether Auckland Council should sell its 18% stake in Auckland Airport. That's always a really interesting debate. The way I come down on that side... I think it's a very useful asset to have because it pays good dividends now that um, tourism and travel is recovering from COVID. Um, And um, although with 18%, the council rightly can't control the direction of the council, uh, of the airport, I think it's um, a useful state to have. But um, the way Brown looks at it is that um, that perhaps two and a half billion they might get from selling that uh, would save quite a lot of money and interest every year but you'd also lose the dividends. Now, the dividends don't cover the interest, mm. um, but I think you need to take those two hand in hand. And then the other big one is the port. That is obviously a complete um, fixation for Brown. Um, he's determined to get the port out of Auckland. He's been advocating for that for a long time. Um, and um, so a lot, a lot of toughening up on the requirements of the port um, as a, um, a council-owned company, but operating at arm's length to the council. Um, so you, uh, it will need to come up with significant more profit than it's done, which will probably mean starving it for capital expenditure, um, which um, is part, obviously part of a long game of trying to um, squeeze the port out of the city. 
Yeah, totally. This is a, I mean, this is such a broad-reaching uh, potential set of changes here that it can be quite overwhelming, I think, to try and wrap your head around it as, you know, just a, a little old rates payer or a little old renter in, in Auckland trying to uh, understand what it could mean in your in your day-to-day life. It, it does feel like a political decision, as you've, as you've mentioned. These are things that uh, uh, Wayne Brown's budget, this is sort of aligning with his political beliefs about what is and isn't important. Uh, do you think there's much potential uh, for a conversation or some change to come out of anything from a consultation process here? Um, it's really early days yet um, of this new council under Brown. Um, but what I'm hearing, and I, I stress this as um, secondhand, but from people who I know are fine judges of this and I trust, is that the council, the 20 councillors, are coming together to perhaps working in ways even more constructive than when they they were when there was um, a series of strong mayors before. Um, but now um, it's really important for them to work cohesively and um, to be to stop uh, to make sure that, in their terms, um, Brown doesn't do things that are, are are too extreme or too economically damaging. The really big issue here, though, is whether um, people will be able to see the bigger long-term pictures rather than just. Um, arguing about swimming pools and the zoo and mm. all sorts of other things, uh, which are all important in their own um, uh, way. But um, there is a fundamental problem, obviously, with transport, um, how we get around town and how we might shift um, to uh, less capital-intensive and virtually no emissions forms of transport, whether they be public transport, and so thus incre- increasing the investment in electric buses, um, but more walking and cycling, etc. Um, and there's now incredibly mixed signals, and we'll come back to those in the next topic, yeah. um, from central government um, about um, transport. Um, and that's going to flow through into council as well. There's also a really important um, climate action targeted rate, which is just over $500 million of revenue. That in itself is important because central government... Um, co-funds that very, very heavily. Um, And um, those are serious um, climate response projects. Um, They were largely around mitigation, but now um, there's probably going to be an awful lot more around adaptation. And so it's going to be really important to see that um, big strategic issues like that are not just pushed back for years to come um, in this process as people haggle over um, trying to prevent cuts here, there, mm. and wherever, you know, small little cuts that add up to $300 million. Um, um, but in, the, in that process, um, it, Auckland loses some of its strategic direction. It would be, I mean, there's so much we could keep talking about here. We're already getting texts from people asking about the short-sightedness of cutting housing for the homeless, youth programs in south and west Auckland, lots of issues coming through on that front. Uh, I mean, it's it's a big topic to tackle, but uh, we, we probably should talk about climate change since you talked about mitigation and adaptation. We are seeing a, perhaps a change in the way that we are focusing on what um, the country's response broadly to climate change should be, the language that we're hearing about it. And, and uh, I'd, I'd be keen to hear your thoughts about what we're seeing and, and what it means, particularly when we're talking about mitigation versus adaptation as a response process. This is very disturbing because, needless to say, because of the storms, people are very focused on adaptation, um, repairing what's been damaged and hopefully repairing it better. Um, but um, in the process of that... Um, the mitigation drive 
um, is being substantially um, ignored. 